I love coaching and I love talking about coaching just as much. I created Coffeehouse Coaching as a space to have conversations with other executive coaches, basically to learn about their journey, their practice, and their overall philosophy. I'm back here with Brandon Wilson today and we talk through immediacy, signposting, letting your client know what's coming, noticing our level of comfort with it, bringing the sandpaper to ourselves, the art of modeling what we teach to our clients, and finally, creating psychological safety. Okay, grab your coffee, get comfortable, and let's jump into our conversation. Brandon, great to see you again. It's great to see you, Gary. How are you showing up today for this conversation? I feel like I've been in very much a headspace for the past little bit, and I've felt myself today was sharing with you right before we started, I've spent a lot of today brainstorming and coming up with ideas. And so I I feel like I'm coming from a very creative heart space right now, which feels really good. Excellent. So you're showing up to this the way I want it to, to go. I'm showing up as completely excited. This is brand new at this point in time. But based on our initial podcast, I thought that there was just such a good chemistry. And it's so nice to see you and kick this series off and talk to you about the craft that we both love so much, which is coaching. Yeah, I love it. I'm grateful to be here. I notice you always want to talk about music because that's in your DNA. But hey, Brandon, it's about coaching this time. (laughs) We'll see what we can do here, Gary, but no promises. Because you brought this in and you're so bilingual, the topic du jour is immediacy, something I want to talk about. I can start and then we can go from there. Immediacy is so critical in coaching in life because that's where every single opportunity is. It's right here. I finally, you ever have one of those books that you feel like you should have read a long time ago, but you finally get around to it and you read it. I just finished Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is so good, so good. And so much of what he talks about is that the meaning of life is not some abstract concept, but it in every moment is revealing itself to you through the question, what is the world asking of me right now? And I feel like the more in the moment we are, the more of a powerful impact we can make, the more fulfilled we feel, the more we can connect with other people, the more amazing things can happen. Do you know what just struck me? Rhetorical question. (laughs) Is when you said immediacy, the first thing that struck me that I've never thought of before was presence. Yeah. It's immediacy is a form of presence. And because I wrote down, when you said immediacy, I thought of timing. Because unless you address something right away, it loses it's not to use it, it loses its immediacy because you're right in the moment when you see something. Because I've had situations where something hit me and I didn't address it in the moment. Then I tried to later on recreate the scenario for the individual about what was going on. Because my mind, I'm sitting there when we had the conversation, their mind, that was, Gary, that was five days ago. What the hell are you talking about? I've moved on. So you have to spend all this time and build up the whole scenario again. Hey, do you remember when you said blah, blah, blah to me? And here, it really impacted me this way because da, 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 da. Now, I'm going to give a counterpoint to my argument because in the moment, I wish I would have said something, but it hadn't properly flown through my mind enough to get it into a tangible thought into exactly how it impacted me or what I wanted to say to that person. So if I tug away from that a little bit, and just get into immediacy. Immediacy to me feels like more of a reaction to something or 
a manifestation or verbalization of here's what I'm feeling right now. I may not know what it is. I don't know how to describe it, but I just wanted to share that with you. So much to unpack in what you shared, because I feel like there's the first half, that idea of when you don't respond in the moment, if it loses its immediacy. I, it's funny. I, one of the ideas I was working with over here on my wall was I've heard from so many people this question of how do I speed the or cut down the space from a thought to an action? How do I just move faster? I've got an idea. I want to drive it forward. Or even I just, I'm in a conversation with Gary and I have this thought of, gosh, I didn't like what Gary just said. How do I just get that out? And I feel like when there is truth to has to pass through, there's also the truth that I think sometimes it just gets stuck in there and in getting stuck if we don't just speak. And but last time I was on the show, I remember talking about that let's press pause. And that's my favorite thing to do in every conversation in life because it allows that space to be like, I don't know what I want to say right now. But there's something I want to say. There's something I want to respond to. And to be able to just say that, hey, Gary, I'm feeling a little something. I'm not sure what it is, but I want to press pause so we can acknowledge that. And there's something super powerful when that sort of mediacy, that sort of vulnerability comes out. Here's the here's where I think I wrapped myself into a bind or I'm confusing two things, coaching versus non-coaching. In coaching, you don't need to know why you're feeling something. You just need to put it out there to say, boy, I feel really anxious here. I have no clue why, because you don't know why. But in life, in business, I think there's that perspective. You have to know why you're feeling something and assess it so that you can rectify it or change it. I'm totally going to push back on that, Gary, because the, so one of my favorite business books is called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And I think I brought that up last time, too. There's a concept in there that is being able to just bring up in with business people saying, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about this. I'm not sure what it is. 90% of the time, someone else in the room is going to say, I'm feeling something too. And to me, it feels like this. And all of a sudden you've got something to bounce off of. Solid push. But to do that in the business world. Yep. Oh my gosh. Can you, and it's, and I do like the conscious leadership. I think it was Jim Detmer is the writer of it. And I just, I pulled it up yesterday and I mentioned it to a client because I'm tracking all my tools. It's another thing that's probably for another podcast, but I'm trying to track all the tools that I've learned over the past couple of years so that I can research them and figure out when to pull them out. But I don't want to stray us too far from the topic. But what you just said is, I think a thousand percent right, which is why I think we teach a lot of leaders how to coach. But if you're a leader in that business meeting and you don't know why you're feeling something and you throw that out to the table, man, oh man, that is, boy, you better be a confident person or have the psychological safety of your group totally. to be able to do that because it has to be part of the culture. Yeah. And to say it's okay. But if you're modeling it as the leader and psychological safety has been around for 20 years. But when you look at high productive teams and high profile teams, that's exactly what they talk about is that the pushback was good, but the pushback is super duper hard in a business environment if you're not the leader or you're expected to know all the answers. It's true. No, you're exactly right. But I think what coaching does for us as our profession 
is really opens up that space because we're never going to have the answer. We just have to have the observation that here's what I'm sensing. And obviously the question after that is, I wonder if that ever comes up for anybody else in your world for you, or I'm sensing you're very angry right now, or you're very upset right now, or, boy, I feel a lot of pressure inside of me. I wonder if my impression is similar to those that you work with. Totally. And it's those questions that take us in a different direction. And that's so much of coaching is you don't really have the map, but you're driving the roads and there are so many different directions that you can take. And then you can press pause and zoom out and look at the map. But that's those observations, those questions can take you in so many new and different directions. Have you ever felt like you've used immediacy too much? And I have an example. Yeah, let's hear your example. And then, yeah, because I'm still thinking on that. Yeah. I love immediacy. But I, I, what I've learned is if you throw out an immediate, if you throw out immediacy without maybe preempting it or getting permission, it could not hit the way you want it to hit. So mm -hmm. what I've learned is, do you mind if I share an observation that I'm feeling with you? It's a good signpost to let them know something's coming. And it's the agreement. Even inside of coaching, there's agreements. You know, you start off with the sounding engagement, there's agreement. Then you start the coaching session, there's an agreement. And then inside of it, there's even more agreements. Like, do you mind if I share this? Because you're prompting them to think, hey, this may be, it's not, and I, I guess when I talk about coaching to people, it's in service of you. Everything I'm doing is in service of you. It's not to make me feel bigger or better or stronger than you or belittle you. It's about to help you. And if I think in my mind, my simple mind, that being immediate with what I'm feeling is going to serve you, it's up to me to push myself to the edge to say, I need to get this out there. And I have noticed there's been clients I haven't done that because my thought is it's not a it's not a great it's not a great thought or it's not a great feeling that I'm feeling. And I just feel, oh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings by providing this. So that's my example is I threw it out there without getting permission. And it felt like it just came out of left field to the individual. And it didn't didn't go well to the extent the next session, I basically apologized and said, Hey, look, I need to apologize to you because I threw a comment out, which I firmly stand by. But I don't think I I don't think I prepped it right for you to to get your your foundation underneath you. Yeah, it's interesting that you you bring that up because I, I, there's a spectrum of comments, observations, questions, thoughts that we can share as far as how we believe they're likely to be perceived. And there are times where I, because I, my experience of that, because I have, as you're speaking that, I, oh my gosh, the number of times that I've stuck my foot in my mouth. I still stand behind everything I said, but it's it, it tends for me to happen with prospects all the time. Because when I have a kickoff call with a prospect, it's very much, or an introduction call with a prospect, it's I'm going to give you an experience of what I do, and I'm going to 100% give you an experience. And I try to ask permission more, but there have been times where I'll have, you know, like client call, client call, prospect call, and I'm just in the mode of I am going. And the number of times that I have pissed somebody off wholeheartedly. And again, to your point, I stand fully behind what I said. Would it have been received better if I had said, I'm going to share something with you. I'm likely going to be blunt. Is that all right with you? 
And that, because it's that permission that all of a sudden opens the door a little bit for them to be willing to hear or more willing to hear whatever that observation is. I did have a podcast. I think it was Jackie Hodgins. And she said, what approach do you prefer? Like soft or sandpaper? And that's at the beginning. But I always appreciate that. And I, I got to imagine 99 out of 100 people say, give me sandpaper, because that's why they're coming to coaching. They're not coming to coaching because they want a, a softball thrown at them. They want a high heater coming at them. If you want to go into the baseball analogy, high heater, for those that don't know, is a very hard <laughs> fastball coming up high, perhaps under the chin of the batter, which puts them off, off the plate. I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. That is like that idea of the, do you prefer the sandpaper or the soft? And and that's part of the game. Is that part of your intro in your chemistry call? You tell them how you operate? Oh, that's, yeah, it, it is in a way. I very much say, hey, the way this conversation is going to go is I'm going to ask you tons of questions. I'm going to share some thoughts. I'm likely going to push back. I'm probably going to challenge you pretty hard. And then we're going to determine like, hey, is this a fit or not? And if it is, we'll talk about what that looks like. If not, no worries. Like that's that's how I kick it off. So I guess I get to that piece. It feels like you do, but you don't. You don't hit it head on. But everything you said, I would read as, oh, you're going to be honest with me. But getting getting down into it, if we get back to the immediacy, if you overuse it or not, I think what I've learned a little bit is guardrail it or signpost it, maybe signposting is a better word, to let them know, hey, I'm going to give you a, an honest comment. And I don't know what your reaction is going to be, because when you started talking, what got into my mind is we think we know what their reaction is going to be when we say it, but we have no clue what their reaction is going to be. We, they might say, oh, my God, thank you for saying that that comment like, wow, that was really hit me between the eyes. But boy, that really is succinct, too. But that gets down to the foundation of what we do as coaches. We want what's better for the client. And sometimes we have to be we have to be comfortable ourselves with being uncomfortable. And that's it. one of the so a lot of my coaching is done over the phone. I do some video coaching, but when I first started doing the coaching over the phone, I remember one of the things that I would one of the tools that I would use for myself is that when I knew I was asking a very direct question or making a very direct statement because I have a tendency to talk, like I'm a talker, right? And I would literally clamp my hand over my mouth. So I would ask the question or make the statement and I would literally clamp my hand over my mouth to stop and just leave that pause. And sometimes, because it, it will, and you know this, it sometimes will be 15, 20, 30 seconds where they're just sitting with it. And you don't know. And sometimes they respond with, oh my gosh, that hit me right between the eyes. Sometimes they respond with, duh, I already knew that. And sometimes you never know what you're going to get. But the more as a coach in the moment, you can to that, sit with that discomfort and clamp the hand over the mouth, the more of an impact you're likely to make. I got three pillars in my life right now. And one of them is learning. And when I started breaking that down to me, because I thought I had four pillars and one was podcasting, but it's not. And the third pillar that I have is learning. And what we're doing right now is learning, hence the what I'm trying to create here and what we are trying to create is this conversation and having others jump in with that conversation. But just in this short time frame, I think I've learned so much about immediacy. The thing I my main takeaway is we always ask our clients to be comfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because we have to model that behavior so it's just so interesting now 
being a coach now, what I see, and maybe this will be the point that I share is I always look into me, like what's going on with me? Why am I uncomfortable here? Why did that situation make me really happy or make me really sad? Or this interaction, what's my takeaway from that? What's my perspective of that? And I think the immediacy part, what we ask our clients, do you want softer sandpaper? We have to be the sandpaper. Sometimes we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I did a podcast with Rita Houskin and she says, I get under the surface right away. I said, how do you do that? She said, I tell them, I tell the client right away that she goes under the surface. And my guess is she gets, she gets under her own surface. She pushes herself to the edge all the time. So for her, it's natural. And when you walk into her world, you are going to, you are going to get ready to get some real honest immediate feedback on what she's seeing. Yeah, I love that. And it is noticing the times, the moments, and this is so much the immediacy where it's time to bring the sandpaper to yourself because it's, I know what my symptoms are of something is happening, but I'm not speaking it up. And for me, when it's, I'm on a call, it's when I find myself like looking off, like I, and that is, it's time to say something like, let's press pause. Wh where are we right now? What's going on? How does this connect to it? Because if I don't get that sandpaper on myself, we're probably missing the purpose, the reason we're there. Our next conversation is totally going to be about body language. But... I love it. <laughs> let's do it. Because I do talk with my hands and body. Because you said when you did it, this is an audio, but you clamp your hand over your mouth because you talk too much. It's wow. And I'm very conscious of how I show up on class. Okay, so let's wrap up. What have you noticed being a coach that you didn't notice before? So many things. I recently, I've noticed for my, I notice a lot of things about myself. I notice a lot of things about other people. I would say the thing that's been jumping out to me most recently is that I've had to do a lot of life things like insurance kind of stuff, filling out stupid documents and and. I revert to being a, just an annoying child when I do stuff that I think is, an, and I see, like, I notice that so much more quickly and then of course try and get out of it. But then anyway, so I noticed that a lot about myself, what I notice in other people, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but the questions people ask and watching other people as leaders and just noticing it's it's I've been working with this team and seeing them as they interact and being able to like as I'm working with them give them quick tips and feedback about hey let's press pause that question if you adapted it to this you could have so much more impact with that has been so much fun because there is a fear around asking open-ended questions because you don't know what you're going to get and that and yet that's what brings all the interesting stuff. Here was my, and I'm going to address this, then I'll give you mine. When I asked an open-ended question in business, I thought it was confrontational. The second I got it, I weaved it into it's getting clarity. That helped me out so much because as a consultant, if I wanted to, if somebody asked a question, I would just start spewing out the answer that I thought they wanted to say. The example I use is, Brandon, you asked me like, hey, Gary, tell me about Vegas. Today, I would ask, what aspect of Vegas do you want to understand better? Because I can rattle off six. Is it the weather? Is it the mountains? Is it the buffets? Is it the food? Is it the shows? Is it which casino? Is it the strip? What do you want to know? But be prior to coaching, and maybe this is my takeaway in this episode, is questions, open-ended questions are for clarity. They're not for confrontation. And I always felt 
that when I asked the question about something, I felt it confrontational, but now I think I'm just trying to get more clarity. Why? Because I'm in service of the person asking the question to get them the best answer that they want. Because you could ask me, it's like, no, Gary, I've heard of this Red Rock. I don't care anything about the weather or the strip or the buffets. This Red Rock place is pretty cool. Do you go hiking this? Yeah, Brandon, I do. It's a 13 mile. And I could rattle off how great it is and how you're 20 miles from the strip and you have no clue that it's 20 miles away. So that was my own inner struggle with with open-ended questions, I thought, or not even asking a question, just start spewing out an answer. And what I like about what you've shared is the being the receiver of a question and how, because communication in general, the, what is it that Bernard Shaw said, greatest misunderstanding is that we actually communicated at all or something like that. It's like, we always think we're talking, but yes, we're talking, but are we really communicating clearly and getting across what we're trying to get across? But the, as a receiver of a question, gosh, how powerful it is to press pause and say, what are you really hoping to get out of that question is super helpful and I think as coaches, that's important when our clients ask us questions, but I think in everyday situations, that's so important. And I, cause I think there's the broadness of questions can miss the point of what they're trying to accomplish. And so that clarifying is really helpful. Awesome. Brandon, always great to connect with you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the topic today. Thank you for having me. Talk to you next time. Sounds good. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. And if you would like to get involved in future podcasts, reach out to either Brandon or myself through LinkedIn. We can get that set up. Thanks for joining us.